that. Want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet? Who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? That was the last I need. Shut up, man. You can do it. By time. Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of Tanthea Seniors Network. <laughs> Apparently, Nal is due a million podcasts. At least that's what he's telling people that he's doing a podcast every day, that, which is a fucking lie. <laughs> Welcome to the layup podcast. I, I'm going, let me, let me message right now. He lie. He don't do no every podcast a day. I asked Welcome. you to do a podcast every day, but you don't do a podcast every day. Play at least two out of every three days. Now, come on. Are you serious? Twice a week. Are you? When? Which podcast? Name them. Please tell me what the podcast is so I can listen to them. I, you really did do that just now. <laughs> um, every 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 week we have to actually record video mm-hmm. for yeah. Rev, Rev yeah. Trio. Uh, oh, you, you're not doing. You're not Martin Scorsese. Quite a process. No, it's quite a process. It's not what you think it is. It's not what we're doing right now. And then, aside from that, we have to do the actual football podcast. Uh huh. So two. And then whenever I need a minute needs me. I <laughs> Which was when? When was the last time you did one of these? We just did one last Sunday. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so in that, week, that, in that week, that's three anyway, forecasts. Am I, am, anyway, am I right? But you acted like that's every single time. And that's just bullshit. I'm sorry. Um, if you are listening to this, you probably um, clicked on this because you wanted to hear some sports and some basketball takes. But we just had to clear the air. Right now, me and uh, fellow Pittsburgh Steelers fans, um, just to get the the yeah, mood right. Yeah, on that team for shit. Uh, let's just hope for the sake of the Butch's coming fantasy team that Deontay Johnson puts up three touchdowns on Monday night. He but that, we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about basketball because I I monitored Tampa Seniors and I haven't heard a basketball podcast in a while. And a lot has happened in the basketball world since the finals, and we did at least for me, very sleepy, almost half-drunk um, podcast on the Lakers winning the championship. Since then, a lot of shit has happened in the NBA. So I think, like, the place I wanted to start, which was, like, the... I think for a while now has been, like, the biggest topic in NBA offseason is the manager management and labor divide in the NBA and how that's affected all of the storylines and where players get signed and how the media covers those players. Okay. So for me, the management versus labor argument is always the most compelling one in the NBA. Well, I think it, it's always been that way, but people's sensitivity towards it has been heightened ever since the quote unquote LeBron era, which we can air mark as the start, the decision, the decision started with the LeBron player empowerment era. And so now an entire generation grew up under that. Whereas the generation before it was just, we're in lockstep with management. Management makes the decisions. We trust them to do everything in the front office and we just play. That was the generation before. This generation recognizes the power they have. They recognize that it's their equity that's being sold, their talent being sold. So they want to be hands-on with every single decision that's made in the front office, in addition to them being elite athletes that 
that have to go out there to perform. So you see guys now take more of, not just take more of an interest, but they are directing where their careers go. A part of that is also because social media will dissect every aspect of their career and their legacy. So that comes into play in the decision-making process. But the reaction to it has varied from, from fans reporters and i don't i mean it's not strictly along along racial and generational lines but Mm -hmm. sometimes these issues i mean these things do creep up because all of that informs your perspective on how you look at uh, at someone's decision so so i mean it so so the whole the whole manager versus versus the players argument when people bring it up what they, they they fall on one or two sides of this thing they fall on the side where you think the managers should be the ones making these decisions. The managers direct and, and do their job. They set the, the, the chart for where the organization is supposed to go and the players play. There's a whole lot of people that believe that. And you have other people, the players now are saying, no, that's not the way this goes. I'm in control of my own destiny. I think that there's like some um, nuance that a lot of people don't even want to take into consideration whenever they talk about this issue. Because it's not 100% on either side, right? So, like, when you talk about the management side, remember when LeBron signed with the Heat and then Kevin Durant signed his extension in OKC and the media covered it like, man, Kevin Durant is such a good guy because he signed with OKC and he did it quietly and it was just like a press report and it wasn't a big deal, whereas why does LeBron need to have this big spectacle to sign with the team? Well, he needed to have the big spectacle because when LeBron did that, that changed the future of the NBA for like the next 50 years, <laughs> 50 to maybe 100 years, right? Um, but people didn't want to parse the nuance in that decision or how it should be made. And then they made LeBron the villain. And what ended up happening is that, hey, Kevin Durant, when he had his free agency time, decided to go to the team that won 73 games. I bring that up because uh, Giannis signed and the way Giannis re-signed Will Milwaukee is now being talked about as this big win for, um, for small market teams and that Giannis is being lauded for, Giannis is being lauded for taking $228 million in the middle of a pandemic. And to me, this, this reeks of bullshit because it's the same, it's okay if the people who decide to build the team are the people in charge. And it's this mindset that a lot of fans have that the ownership should be in charge. And I've like on a lot of podcasts this week, like I listened to um, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rusulu uh, kind of make the point that this is, this is great for the NBA because this shows a player being loyal to his team. And like, why does a player have to be loyal to a team that's not building a franchise in the right way? I, I, I just, I don't understand that dynamic about um being loyal to laundry i get the like you needing to romanticize it but and one side i don't understand why that has to be like um because to me part of why the nba is so popular now is the player movement now the part that i do agree on the people who make a lot of criticisms on is why does every free agent that wants to leave have to demand a trade that way after you've signed a contract because you could do what LeBron does. LeBron has power and LeBron signs two-year contracts. You don't have to sign five-year contracts. You could sign two-year contracts with a one-year opt-out. And it's not player empowerment. And I think that's what's wrong. It's more like the crown empowerment. Because like, that's what it is. It's like eight to ten people in the whole league who get to do this. 
it's not anyone else who gets to do this. It's like, that's why I'm, I said the crown. It's like watching the crown and following the story of like 10 extremely wealthy people. That's all that shit is. Arden's agent. Danny. It may have something to do with it. Imagine, imagine if uh, 10YS yeah. was in free agency, like how yeah. Levitard and about to be, and, and Mummy was running this for us. <laughs> and she was trying to get us a new deal. What do you think that would look like? It would look a lot like what James Harden's doing right now. Mummy would sure. not. Uh, Mummy would not be okay with us going to little baby's party and giving him honey buns at a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, but you know, like that's what I, that's like. I would be wilding out and doing stuff like that. Like definitely. And Maybe then you should see. be criticized for that, James Harden. Oh, like yeah, James Harden sure. doesn't get to be like, oh, he's just part of player empowerment because he's been doing some shit in the pandemic that should no, get no, no, him but criticized. But I. But I but I feel like that's also a part of it, though. Like, just because the messenger may not be pristine, that doesn't, I mean, a lot of the time it doesn't negate the point that they're trying to get across, though. Like, I think it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, we could say, okay, they signed these long-term contracts and, you know, yeah. you just have to stick by the rigidity of the contract. Well, management doesn't always stick with the rigidity of the contract. And they trade them. This yeah. goes both ways. If a play if a play if a player is not fulfilling the expectations of what management wants, they will get them out of there one way or another. Now, it's not like, always by trade. Sometimes like they said, pay you just to stay away. They, this is they not buy you out. This is not player empowerment. This is crown empowerment. It is those ten players who get this. They're players, though. They're, yeah, but it, but but I'm saying like that. This shit don't happen to Danny Green or Montrez Harrell. Like they don't have that kind of. You demand a trade. I, like, I don't know, though. I disagree. No, no, no. Disagree. Hold on, hold on. When was the last time you heard about someone who was not an all-star demanding a trade and then it making the news? Dragic did this. It, it just came up on, on Levitard's show at some when, point this week. When? When, when they were, but think when about they were how saying, rare... Hold on, wait. Think about how rare it is when it's you hear that story about someone who is not an all-star. I'm not saying you can't find a case. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm sure that... that like cases exist. Even Eric Bledsoe thing when he was on, when he tweeted, I don't want to be here no more. But what I'm saying is that that does not happen nearly as at the same volume as when the crown decides that they want to be traded. And that's but when that the is crown like sets the precedent, right? Then it will happen to when when tier A sets the precedent and tier A normalizes it, then tier B will start to do it. You and sounded like people, now people you sound like you believe it. in you sound like you believe in trickle down economics, and that that ain't how this shit works. So, but in th- in this case, it's actually happened though, and I believe you not, will see more of it because you will continue to say, okay, how far is this gonna go? Like, what's the what's the lowest ranked player that can get away with this? You think, think you about this? Push the think, envelope this just is why I don't believe that that's true because at that level of player. You can't blackball uh, Westbrook or like the crown players, like those kind of players at that level. But you can blackball like Seth Curry, someone like that. Because think about what happened to Colin Kaepernick. You can blackball that level of player if that level of management saying like, yo, we could find someone who could do that exact job. And that's what happens, I think, kind of all the time. And that's what ends up happening in the draft. But I want to come back to your Harden point and about um, Harden. Because to me, Harden still has some responsibility. And you know why? <laughs> More than like a lot of other players. He has tons of responsibility. It's because Harden built the Rockets. Like Three when, times over. Right. So like when LeBron is um, with Cleveland and trying to build that team, he isn't building the team the same way Harden is building the Rockets. Like everything 
and the entire rocket organization was built around Harden. So to them, when he comes and says he wants to trade, be like, trade from what? How you can trade away from yourself? <laughs> like you're trading away from moves you made because Chris Paul could have still been there. Yeah, you're trading away from moves that you decided to make. So why is it? Why are you this upset? Why you are holding out? They understand. Like even if you demand a trade, right? You could demand a trade and show up, and then you could cause the team to get like more back in return. And they'd be like, you know what? Thank you for making a low key trade demand. And now we could have like one of them surprise trades that happen. But I was like, no, fuck that. You're gonna hang up with little baby. I mean, <laughs> any time I bring up little baby, you don't even fucking you don't listen. I I I mean, you want to spend your off season listening to Tillman for Tito, or are you trying to hang out with four PF? You get a four PF chain, you know, a real one, not the one from Walmart. That's a real four PF chain. But how much you think chain uh, work? Well, if he wanted a hundred. By the way, by the way, like I have very close friends to me that I consider family, and I can't see myself giving these niggas these kind of gifts. Like, what the hell are they doing? Like this shit. Shit is wild. Do you know how much money I would have to make to give Miguel four hundred thousand dollars? I am never giving him four hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, I'm not giving Miguel that because no matter. But at how least it might go to Canada. I, I that's what I'm saying. I don't trust Miguel with four hundred thousand dollars. That's true. Is yeah. my is my larger point. But um, that's true. A lot of a lot of people's perspectives on how they look at this argument, whether it's Harden, whether it's LeBron, whether it's and you you bringing up KD was the perfect example of it, right? Because. A few years ago, KD was lauded as the right way to do it. By the way, there's never a right way to do it. But they, they, they perceive that in that instance as the right way to do it. And now they're mm-hmm. bringing that full circle again. But this Giannis thing is the right way to do it. A lot of the people get to, that get to tell the stories do not look like the people in the NBA. They are not in the same age range as the people in the NBA. Their perspectives are different than the people currently I in think- the NBA. I they think the more important thing time than what they want is the age range thing. Cause I think like even the younger um, writers, they would say the younger white writers would say, yo, it's up to the like players. They're like, of course you get to choose and you get to make your decision and free yeah. agency is a different thing. Cool. But the older players, the older like reporters who get into their whole bag about um, being butthurt about a guy demanding a trade or leaving. I'm like, that, that, to, to me, that doesn't matter nearly as much. Like, Harden, I get. Like, this is, you know what this is? This is the one, this is not the one time, but this is the time where, like, a Democratic senator would fuck up so bad that they're clearly on the wrong side, and then the conservatives just pounce. <laughs> and they're like, see, you can't defend that. And that's what Harden is doing right now. Because, and like, they, because they can cite, what I say that they can't cite is like the Harden and the Kyrie from the Boston Celtics thing asking for a trade. Like that is no, no, because Kyrie was a free agent, but um, yeah, but they cite like Kyrie saying that he would take. Kyrie promised he was going to come back. He promised, but so what? Fuck, this nigga's lying business every day, bro. I'd be like, half y'all divorce, half y'all divorce, y'all promise y'all wife y'all was gonna stay. Please get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. But I mean, like, there's there's a line, and there are differences between um like nuances to each particular situation. Like was Jimmy Butler wrong in the situation with the Timberwolves? I think Jimmy Butler was wrong in the situation with the Timberwolves. And you as a Kentucky fan, you should be like, but what the f- what's wrong with Carl Anthony Towns? Like he's a 
could do. He might not have the same kind of makeup as Jimmy, but that does not make him a bad professional. Absolutely bad nothing. Player. I, I didn't. I did not want Jimmy to be successful. That's what I'm. That. That's what I'm saying. So, so like every situation has to be taken on his face. But so, like to bring it back full circle um, to the Giannis thing. So Giannis resigns with the Bucks. That means Giannis is not going to Miami. Giannis is not going to Dallas. Giannis is not going to the Lakers and all the 18 Atacompo brothers. I don't know if you can survive y'all next contracts, but that's okay because that's money in the family pot. So who cares? They got generational wealth, bro. They yeah. So that's a, so 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 Giannis does that, and to me, the trickle down effects are like immediately a few things. So like now one, you believe in it? Trickle down effects, not trickle down economics. Okay. <laughs> it was completely different. The effects are the heat are. Will the Heat pursue Harden now? And I would my, love it. I, I just want all take, these though, heat culture people to eat their words. I don't think that's yeah. eating their words though. If they trade for Harden, because like there's a couple things. Like you trade for Harden, the Heat culture is like if Harden comes there, Harden works hard. That's the Heat culture, and Harden gets in shape and plays like that kind of basketball and doesn't get preferential treatment. Heat Which culture he is, is by the way, he's in shape. I understand this is fun. I understand how much fun it is. In shape. Okay. Okay. No. Hard. Obviously, James Harden is in better shape than the average person. Is James Harden in better shape or the average NBA player? But is James Harden in better shape than the other Supermax contract players is the question. Like when LeBron says he spends $2 million on his body a year or whatever the, the number is. That is what people are, are talking about. And like when they see Harden Nobody's with the belly. in LeBron shape. So if we're using LeBron I, no, 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 as the no, measuring no, no, stick, now, no now. one's reaching okay. that. No, but Westbrook is in incredible shape. All the I other think su- James Harden is on that level. You think James Harden is in Westbrook shape? Shut up. Yes, man. I think he doesn't. <laughs> wait, having someone having your athleticism don't mean you in their kind of shape, you know? Like, okay, I no, no, no. This is, my, this is my point for this, right? Is that when the playoffs come and it gets steep in the playoffs, Harden obviously doesn't play as well because Harden gets tired. That's what I mean. I don't mean in shape for the regular season, you know? I mean in shape for, like, game, game six in the second round in game Harden, four of the Western Conference Finals. That's what I mean. Uh, that's Harden doesn't play as or is perceived to play as well because his usage rate is like 92 out of 100 possessions. And when you're doing that over the course of one series, yeah, it's a lot easier for a defense to key on you. Ask Giannis how that works. You ain't going to look the same if the help yeah. ain't around there. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're trying to, trying to cape for fat boy. But that's, I am. That's my dog. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly think that Harden should be of Miami Heat and the Heat. I love Tyler Hero. You you love Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero has a picture with Kaiser. Now, yeah. I can't even believe it's a goddamn argument. And I don't think I, it's a real argument. I, I don't think, think the internet invented this. I do think I believe that. I believe Pat Riley in a second would be like, uh, yeah. You know what Pat Riley is thinking about right now? Can I keep Duncan Robinson? That's it. You think you think it's they not don't even understand a... you think they don't understand the miles on Jimmy Butler's body? Yeah, they understand. Like it's two Jimmy Butler's window and Pat Riley's window, to me, they coincide. And yeah. if Tyler Hero, if Tyler Hero is going to become what people expect him to become, Devin Booker is in like what year six, maybe year seven, somewhere along yes. those lines. So Jimmy Butler's 31 now. So if he's going to become what Devin Booker is at this point, you're looking at Jimmy Butler being where LeBron is. Jimmy Butler's not going to be able to have this kind no, of production. No, that series nearly killed him. You so never you take advantage of this remember, window. 
Again, this is the second podcast where I'm bringing this up. Remember the picture of Jimmy Butler looking tired? We've never yeah. seen a picture of LeBron like that. Never. <laughs> it <laughs> it never existed. Exist. It, it don't exist. It doesn't exist. We've never so, even seen AD like that. Like Jimmy, Jimmy was carrying everything on his back. And Jimmy will be retired. Recognize that. We don't even have to talk about that. All You know what we have to talk about? James Harden is a multiple all-star and one MVP. I was in MVP discussions multiple times. It's it's only, you know what it is? It's crazy heat people, and Pat Riley is not one of those crazy heat people. Pat Riley would want a superstar. That would be such a steal. Like, what, and the, the trade that, that Sean just reported as, we, as we're recording this now, the one that has moved to the forefront and seems like a possibility, was the one that I thought was going to go down from the beginning because that's the one that seemed like you would get the closest value for Harden, and that's Ben Simmons. Like, obviously, it's some change coming around in, in that trade, but the principles in the trade being Harden and Ben Simmons, that I understand. I didn't think Tyler Hero was equal. Like, he's Tyler not. Has, Tyler Hero has he's he's definitely not. But is this, and I don't even understand how they equate the two. Like, Ben Simmons is somebody who was very close to winning D-Boy. Ben Simmons is a multiple all-star. He's been to the playoffs every year he's been in the league. Like, yeah, that dude, I see it. I feel like the internet could cause Tyler Hero get so much work. <laughs> and like this, when the season starts, because the season start is incredible. like the younger players have to do most of the heavy lifting. Like Jimmy oh, Butler. Especially this one. Jimmy Butler and LeBron level of player is going to be catching a sweat and playing 25 minutes a game until like March. And then they'd be like, okay. Like, Maybe for like those teams, like you know, the ones that that don't want to get it in early, the ones that were hurt or their teams didn't get to the bubble. Like Steph and yeah. them, they're gonna try. They're gonna get it in early yes. just for reps. Yeah. Like KD and KD wants to see if he still has it, so I could see yeah. him going out there early just testing it. Because even he said after the Wizards game, like, yeah, it was cool, but you know, he alluded to the fact that I wasn't going against Beal and I wasn't going against Westbrook, so I didn't test myself against. Right. Of the upper echelon talent. So, and they got that team got a lot of figuring out to do. So, I could see them going at it. But the ones that play deep into the bubble, they have no reason to go through any of this stuff right now. They, so, they're not going to. So, let's talk about the like, because the one East contender that went deep into the bubble, um, at least to me, are the Heat. And I don't know, like, the Celtics went um, deep because they went to the conference finals, obviously. But from like, what is your what is your top four, top five in the Eastern Conference? I got I got the Nets one. Uh, Bucks and Heat are interchangeable at at two and three, mm-hmm. and then four I got Philly. Whether the Harden thing happens or not, I still have Embiid and Simmons at four because I think, I mean, it was glaringly obvious that when you when you lose JJ Redick and you lose Jimmy Butler, that team was not going to be the same. Right. But they have they have brought in shooting. Like Josh Richardson wasn't going to be that. So obviously with with Embiid and Simmons, you have to put shooting around though. I think right. Seth Curry is going to have a great year there. And that's why I wanted Buddy to get there so bad. Because if it was if it was a way for Buddy to end up in that situation to get that many open threes from what a defense has to pay attention to Simmons and Embiid his numbers would have skyrocketed, but I think yeah. that's going to happen. For, that's going to happen for Seth Curry, but that's my top four in the East. So for me, top four in the East, I would say um, I would have the heat one because I think like making the finals and bringing back the same team means something. And yep. if the heat don't have Tyler hero, they have um, James Harden in, in that spot. So to, to, to me, it is, 
it is a heat and people have to dethrone the heat. And second, right behind the heat are, and the only reason they're second and not one is the Nets. Because if Kevin Durant is healthy, I think, yeah, yeah, I think Kevin Durant eviscerates and the Nets are deep. So Kevin Durant is playing on a team. That's another thing. Kevin Durant is playing on a team um, that is built around his skill set and they are deep. So if Kevin Durant is 90% of what he was um, when he was 100% healthy with the Warriors, he is still the best or second best player in the league. <laughs> that is, I, I think a lot of people should don't be, realize. Everyone should be afraid of that. They should. Yeah. And that first preseason game looked scary. It honestly looked like Wade and LeBron. It looked like a classic man now, league, uh, box score. I watch, I watch Kevin Durant dunk once and say it over. Like, team, what were we doing the MVP for? <laughs> like, I understand people talking about, like, Luca's not going to win the MVP. Shut up. No. Luka it's Durant. Be- Durant, Steph, and maybe Luca third. Why and nobody you know who should actually Luka win it? Back, <laughs> Nobody. But, Jake Paul okay, win it, one fight and they violent. This team, this Nets team has Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. Those are legit starters that could play on a contending team. <laughs> they could play for the Lakers. Yeah. Like, that's, how, that's how good this start. team is. Yeah. They could start for the Lakers. My bad. Yeah. I, but yeah, who else, who else you got behind them too? Then I have the Bucks, and I have the Sixers in the same bucket because um, yeah. I think the Sixers – no, I think, sorry, the Bucks lost um, some depth. But I think for the Sixers, what has to happen is Doc Rivers has to coach this team – around um ben simmons you i could have just stopped it right there you could no. stopped it no 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 no, no, no because i i feel that, like this team like the problem with the 76ers is that they have never said that someone is the alpha when shaq and kobe were on the same team shaq defaulted as the alpha because he was just better he was just the better player the entire time and joel Embiid or ben simmons no one has ever established himself as clear cut the better player and I think like Kobe, as great as Kobe was, as great as the um, memory of Kobe we have was from that first three-peat era, Shaq was clearly the better person. And Shaq yeah. was the alpha and the whole organization knew it. And it was like, if you're going to let anyone go, it was going to be Kobe. It was not going to be Shaq. Was, was, that a, was, no. was, that a, was that a Freudian slip where you said Shaq was clearly the better person or you meant that? Did you mean to say better player or you legit mean he was the better person? Oh, I meant player, but he was probably the better person during that era. <laughs> No, Kobe became a better person later in life. True. Kobe became a better person later in life, but no, it was. It was I it think was it, I think it's okay for I think it's okay for us to say that. Like, yeah, yeah he, no, he became yeah, that yeah. guy later in life. Yeah, like, so that, so that's, that's why to me that fine. that is the the main thing, and I I have I have a conspiracy theory. I want you to delve into now. Hold remember on, before, when before you before you before you go here? Right? No, this is, is still connected. This is is it not clear that it's Embiid? I don't think so. Okay, all right. I, I like to me. I don't think so because Sam Way is this James Harden shit. Embiid is get tired plenty. Well, no, Embiid, and it, it's so funny that we draw in the the Shaq comparisons because Embiid absolutely has to be in better shape, and I can see how that would frustrate Ben Simmons. But nigga, you can't shoot, and you ain't even trying to shoot, and your job is basketball, and you don't shoot, and you control the offense, and you don't shoot. It makes it very easy to guard you. I get it. I, I don't know. Listen, I get it. I'm just saying yeah. that if Ben Simmons was alpha and the entire offense is built around him, and then like Philly tried in different ways, and that's why we would see uh, 
Joel Embiid on the perimeter taking threes and like everyone said, but you're better in the post. And the only reason you're out there is because Ben Simmons can't shoot. It's because no one could clearly establish because if Ben if Joel Embiid was a little better, then it had to be like, Ben, you have to learn to shoot, dog. And even the only reason Ben Simmons is even in these trade talks about Harden is because he has not learned to shoot yet. Because if he did learn to shoot, he would not be in the trade talks. But this because this is surrounding the Bucks, and this is my conspiracy theory. Drew Holiday is a good player. He's a good player, very good player. I always like watching Drew Holiday play basketball. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant went on these podcasts and said Drew Holiday is the only player who would like give him trouble. And to me, I feel like that elevated Drew Holiday to a ridiculous level. Like, yo, dog, you good. You could make a couple of all-star teams. But he got elevated to a level of multiple trades, multiple first-round picks getting sent for him. And to me, this set the box up for, like, a little bit of failure, honestly. Because why? Because, like, yes, it's great that you signed Giannis. But if you sent all those picks away for Drew, how else do you build a team? So you think this was... I think Kevin Durant did this. I think Kevin... And, like, there's a bunch of, like, um, these, like, cool um, League Pass podcasters and NBA reporters who went along with this narrative. And they just, like... Drew Holiday is great, great player, good player. Drew Holiday is an older player. Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis never really won anything. That that ain't enough. And I, that's why, to me, that they are down lower. Like, the Bucks' potential is about how great can Giannis be. It's not yeah. about Drew Holiday to me. And I think that they got, with the okie doke, because if you, if you had um, Drew coming in with Bogdanovich, then I was like, oh, shit, now we got trouble. But it's just Drew. I mean, I even that, know. but here's the thing. Even that I didn't think was enough. <laughs> So I definitely don't think this is enough. No, but, but I, I feel like you're not accounting for Giannis getting better. I am. But Giannis getting better is so much of that is predicated on what's around him. I am complete. I thought Giannis would be back-to-back MVPs. I'm still arguing that he deserved to be the MVP again. But he still needs people better around him. That's the crux of the issue every time we get in the playoffs. You could look at the shooting percentages of what the, what the Bucks players outside of Giannis shot. It was awful. Like, mm-hmm. if Brooke Lopez is going to continue to be a center and he's getting two rebounds a game and he's taking the most threes, that's not going to work. As good as Drew Holiday is, they still need to have more or They still need to have more around him, I think. And I don't think they ever recovered from letting Malcolm Brogdon go, to be honest. Dog, all I know is if Giannis come this season, talk about he ain't a guard. Or why he got a guard, Jimmy Butler, and nothing happened when they played a uh, Heat. It's like it's not, and if Bam is going to improve and get better, then Lopez is not going to be able to guard Bam. So, so that's my that's my thing. And the rest of the Eastern Conference is going to be great stories. I think the Wizards make the playoffs. They're going to score a ton of points, and it's going to be good to see Beal happy with Westbrook. But the the, the paces. I still I think don't Bradley know. Beal trying to get the hell up out of there. He ain't going to demand a trade though. I don't think he demands a trade. I think they have to trade him, and I think they should trade him. I think they should. I, I, I think they should because, like, to, tell me, okay, so this is part of, like, basketball philosophy in terms of ownership. Like, if you know a player is good, but the way that you have built the team and the contract the player has does not dictate that you are ever going to win a championship, would you rather keep that player or would you rather uh, keep that player and be, like, um, uh, a four to eight seed for that entire length of that player's contract? Or would you say, like, let's scrap this and let's try to win 
an actual championship and start something new and see what assets we could get for the future. Where do you, cause I think like that's what NBA teams, that's the real struggle. I think people have. Most yeah. The, so, so that's, that's the position most franchises are in because exactly, you know, there's yes. only, there's only a legitimate, maybe three or four that have, a shot at actually winning the whole thing. Either That's why we should only talk about those four. We ain't talking about the Celtics. They was in the conference finals. and be like, wait, yeah, yeah, dog, yeah. who cares? <laughs> who cares? What are you going to do? Even if we name in the top four in each conference, like those eight teams don't have a shot to win the title. It'll probably be like the top two. It's probably like five. So it'll probably be like two out of each one, and then one that's a wild card that's coming from yeah. out of nowhere. So it's probably so, five on, let's, teams let's that let's legitimately those... win. Okay, so in the East, right? It is like... I would say the East has three teams. So it has, yeah. um, to me, to me. That's Heat. That's, that's Heat. That's Heat 76ers. Yeah. I think the Bucks is blow. I don't think the Bucks can win it. And in the West, I, I think don't, it, I don't think they can. In the West, I think it's the Lakers and the Clippers. No, actually, for, sorry. Sorry. I, I was trying to set something up. It's the Lakers and the Nuggets. But I, I, I'll go back to the Clippers a little later. But it, the, the last thing on the, on the Nets before we go over to the Western Conference what the fuck, Kyrie? What's your, what's your deal? I, I never thought I'd say this. It's kind of working on me. Jesus. You <laughs> stupid man. So stupid. Okay. All right. All right. Here we are. Here we are. <sighs> I like to see how much he agitates these people. I like the fact that he embraces his role as the villain. Like, now, it's becoming what funny is the to argument at this point. to calling other human beings pawns? No, that is stupid. And Kyrie Irving is absolutely 100% a dick. Yeah. A dick can also be very entertaining. Uh, they elected one to agree. run the free world. All of his Why is Kyrie Irving rapping? <laughs> also, I just want to say, Kobe rapped. Is rapping a prelude to achieving dominance and greatness? Shaq nope. rapped. Nope, nope, nope. Rapping is not? Okay. Nope, Kevin it's not rapped, all... Rapped. All, Kevin all that, at some point. Uh, all that is is we know that we know that hip hop culture and NBA culture are infused. That's all that is. I can carry Irving to be the no one birthday party. With rappers birthday party with Kyrie Irving be at? Because Kyrie Irving Anderson probably Pack, don't believe done. in he, he probably don't believe in birthdays. Like Kyrie Irving probably on that Doctor Strange tip where I, I don't know. He he is Russ Cole. He is the Russ Cole of the NBA. I think this nigga just watched Fuck, True Detective right. and he took that shit all the way all the way left. Like I mean if you watch if you watch True Detective enough, everything else in life gets the volume turned down. Yeah, but then if you do also watch too much True Detective, then you get to the seasons where people kind of got worn out and they realize this peaked in the first year. I meant like watch True Detective season one. Season I don't, one. I don't, yes, yeah. yeah, so you yeah. watch season one repeatedly. You don't watch yeah. season two and three. You stay, stay with Woody Harrelson and them boys. You okay. Don't go beyond that. Okay. So, so that's, that's it for the East. And like the, the argument again for, for the Nets, they have the best player. It's Kevin Durant. Like Kevin. Yeah, I, People have to realize Kevin Durant and LeBron James are right. They're very, very close. And Kevin Durant is injured or was injured, coming off an injury, and LeBron James is getting older. That's it. That is the dichotomy between those two players. Like, when you remember what Kevin Durant was like, it is not – to me, it's like it's not close. Like, there's a gap between LeBron, KD, and the rest. When Kevin Durant was coming back versus the Raptors, and it was um, three games to one – 
if Kevin Durant plays, that series is over and the Warriors win in seven in a walk. And <laughs> like, KD's, also, KD's also playing with the freedom of, well, I already got two. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Shoulders it's relax. Like, Head peasy. Yeah. I don't know what I'm on. No shave. It's like the nut before you go up. Like, you <laughs> out there and you playing an entirely different game. Like, you don't have to be pressing. Like, you good. Buy you a the drink. Game, the game you comes your to you. fucking mind. <laughs> So the game coming, the game coming to him right now, and like I honestly think the experience of, of playing with the Warriors and playing with that much talent around him only elevated his game and elevated his entire approach. Yep. So it's one hundred percent just based on how healthy he is over the course of the season, and well, not just him, Kyrie, because Kyrie won't be healthy for a season either. But yep. if they're healthy. I think they could run away with the East. That, that one preseason game scared me. Like they was just, they nah. was literally running the. If it get, if the ball comes on your side of the court, I'm shooting, and if it goes to you, I'm shooting. And you look up at the box score, they got 18 and 15. Now again, I watch Kevin Durant dunk once and say it over. Who are yeah. you doing all this for? Hey, in in that in that time period where they had 18 and 15, I think between them they missed three shots. So it wasn't even like they was just chucking up a bunch of stuff. They just was making everything. Did did. Like, the deciding factor is going to have to be, can Kevin Durant be as good defensively as he was in Golden State? If the answer is yes, one seed. <laughs> if, if Kevin Durant is rolling out, they're playing power forward, and then Bam, because Bam is the only one who could kind of match up defensively, but then KD could leave him wide open on defense and then just patrol the perimeter as a seven-footer. I'd be like, yeah, Bam, go shoot your 20-foot jumpers, your long-range two-pointers, as it were. I <laughs> And I, I know we're trying to get to, to the West, but the, the Nets are so fascinating for me. And a part of it is 2K because, like, the team is so balanced. You could literally run a rotate. You could run a platoon lineup, and they can play so many different styles because they literally have rim protectors in Jared Allen and old DeAndre Jordan. Old DeAndre Jordan is still a good rim protector, and Jared Allen is probably one of the best ones That's in 10 the to league. 12 minutes. That's 10 to 12 they minutes could, a game. They could play small enough. ball or they could go big. And you know who did that? The Lakers. Like, that's what you need to match up with the Lakers. You got to be versatile enough to do both because it's not just it's not just cutesy warrior small ball anymore. You got to be able to do both. But just remember, Savannah, I don't have to smuggle in a supplement now. No, nah, they now do. Now nah, he do. just on. No, anyway. they, they, they instantly. Let's, let's move on to the Western Conference. And I, I just want to say this at, at, at the top. We talk all about the East, and then we can get into the West, but we have to start at the top. Is this a fake complete? Is, is, does, does, does any of this matter? Does any of this how matter because the lake is so how, good? How much fun you had watching the LeBron interviews where he just sitting back with that giant ring, and he just keep adjusting this giant ring and talking all his shit. Look at my hands. Like, that was the best. Right? I'm wearing three rings right now because of LeBron. <laughs> I, I, I mean... He's just sitting there the whole. He's just sitting there the whole time adjusting this giant ring that you can't stop looking at as he's just talking all of his shit. Like it was amazing. You know yeah. who I'm happiest for? I'm happiest for Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook got waved, and he went Missed through the, the bus. Oh, Mr. Bus after they win the finals. They, yep. So so now they got you think in the locker room that's their rally and cry, like we gotta win another one so Quinn could actually celebrate properly with us. Yes. Has Mr. to be. Bus after the finals, he gets waived and then gets re-signed a day later. Like, what is, what do you have to feel like saying, hold on, but y'all keeping Jared fucking Dudley and then y'all waving me? Mm-hmm. I give me a great locker room. Hold presence. on. You know what? You know who's a great person I feel like as a mentor and I need to listen to more of his interviews? Jared Dudley. 
Because people oh, yeah, like sure. Jared Dudley so much, he is getting like I get contract after contract. Like I listen to Roger Bell, and Roger Bell is mad that he didn't get those last few contracts because that sets you up for the rest of life. Like when you yeah. were doing those veteran minimums, that's a lot of money. And Jared Dudley is getting those because of his relationship and because that's he's it. talked to LeBron and AD straight. And they're so happy that he comes back. Like that is. That's like a message for life that Jared Dudley right. gets to be here. He hit one three. Jared Dudley hits one three point in a preseason game. The best players on the team have posted it on social media. Like, yeah, shit, let's go. Remember when he was getting into it with Ben with Simmons, Simmons in the playoffs? Like, you know what? Hey, 76ers this. trade Ben Simmons. <laughs> they would never, he would never do that to James Harden. It he was so never. ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. But I was like, yeah, he really out there, like, just still trying to get this money. Jared Dudley's post-playing career is so set, bro. Like, he got options upon options. He could go yeah. on TV. He could stay on the bench somewhere. He could somewhere. do podcasts. And he's, he and he's always been that dude. He's He's been that dude from Boston College. Like, he's been this dude from he had the braids, and that just somehow turned into the so, 20. let's be honest. I can't believe he's the lead, and that's talking about the Lakers. Lake, no, Lake, Lakers are one, no matter what. Like, no yeah, matter yeah. what. And even if they don't have the, the best record in the conference, so what? I don't think, yeah, they don't care anymore. And the, the scariest part about it is, and some people smirked at LeBron saying this was one of the two hardest championships. I love that he talking shit. Uh, talking about how hard it was to win that title in the bubble, right? But they legitimately got better. Like, yeah. they actually upgraded the, the, I, that Pat Riley saying where he uh, where he says the the best way to get worse is to just stand pat and do nothing. And some people might have expected the Lakers to do that, but no, they upgraded everywhere. Like at every like, spot was an upgrade. Rondo and Dwight Howard were very helpful to them winning this past championship. And Rob Plank could say, see ya. Because you know what would have happened like back in the day? Like if it was a, an older LeBron situation, management wouldn't have done that. I think they'd been like, hey, you was good with LeBron. Let's bring you back. There's like, nah, we need more to win this championship. And I think like when LeBron talks about how hard this championship to win, I thought how hard it was for me just to be working at home. I couldn't imagine being in a bubble and doing that shit. So yes, I agree with LeBron on how hard that championship is. But like if they get marginal improvement from Kuzma, marginal, that's all I expect from Kyle Kuzma. And if THT could get some minutes, like, you know, like when you... You know, there always is a moment in the playoffs where LeBron and AD gas, and they have yep. their hands on their knees. Not the full Jimmy Butler, but they tired, and they have to sit down for eight minutes. THT and Kuzma, that's all you have to do. Those eight minutes in the Western Conference Finals and in the finals, you got to run the show for that time. And either don't let the other team extend the lead, or you go up by five, and that's it. But I was saying that from last year. Like, there's legitimately no point to having... Dion Waiters and Jimmy Butler dress. Give those minutes to THT. He's a great decision maker. When he when he was in college and he looked around and he decided which fraternity am I going to be a part of, we know that he is known for making sound decisions. So I trust him. I trust him on the court just as much as I trust anyone else. Like the the Rondo thing was great to me because I feel like that was just that was just so awesome and mutual between him and LeBron. Like, you know what? I did what I came here to do. I just go in to end my career and get some more of this money yeah, over here. Yeah. Like, we did our shit, bro. Like, it's, just, it's the same thing with Dwight. I feel like LeBron was like, hey, we did what we were supposed to do. It's all good. 
and it's okay because they upgraded into a spot. So like Mark Gasol, there, there were points where you, you know, couldn't even play JaVale and Dwight. All LeBron game, would do, LeBron would do the whole up. cover his mouth thing and talk to Rondo when he go in Atlanta and play versus yeah, Atlanta. I do this. That's all LeBron would do. Like him you know and Dwight. What it was? They had one conversation, and it's as long as he ain't going to the Clippers. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about the Clippers. Move to the Clippers. Clippers, sla- Clippers slander is my favorite basketball topic. There, what I can't, an implosion. But I can't, I really can't remember maybe since like the big three heat days where, where I enjoyed, yeah, it's been this fun when it's non-basketball related or non-on-the-court related. Just it's a communal here, activity. Just hearing the stories, Paul George being Paul George. Paul George to me is the real villain. I can't believe Kyrie is even close, but like, I feel like Paul George is a bad person, you know? Like, that's the kind you, of vibes I get from him. Like, do you know that every team he's been on, he's given that, he's said that same line about how he wants to retire there? He said yeah. that in yeah. Indy. He said yeah. that in OKC. Yeah. He's now said that with the Clippers. He yeah. says it every time. He's a, he's a Drake-ass nigga. <laughs> like, I don't he, insult Drake. Every, yeah, but now I just mean in the sense that every girl gets the girlfriend treatment. Like, there's no Ooh, side pieces. Yeah, every yeah, girl yeah. is the one. You know yeah. what I mean? And we, those are the worst niggas. Those are because they, they don't the want worst. anybody to know they're the worst niggas. Yes, because they believe they have this idea in their head that they're better than you, because yeah. they do this. Oh, I would never. They say shit like, "I would never do that to you," mm-hmm. and then do it. And then cry yeah. about when they get caught doing it. And that is that is him giving that whole "I want to retire here. I want to be a part of this organization forever." All that is. Oh, when he said I Doc Rivers, like, I would never be like that dude that left in free agency to go do that thing. All right, I'm leaving. Like that's oh, him. Or when he um, when he said Doc Rivers was using him like Ray Allen, I was like, "Doc, you know he's watching them games. We ain't had nothing to do." We was at home after work watching them games. We were just watching you play basketball. I said to myself, I don't even remember if Ray Allen get like one pick and roll in Miami like that. Doc I couldn't remember. Doc should have said, first of all, I would never use you as Ray Allen like Ray Allen because Ray Allen would never shoot the ball off the side of the backboard like that. I don't care if it's 100 people running at him to undercut him. Because we saw it happen with the game and LeBron's legacy on the line. And Ray Allen hit that shot. He ain't hit the side of the backboard. Don't compare yourself to Ray Allen. I ain't using you like Ray Allen. So, so Paul George is the center of it. But then it's Pat Beverly. And he had to eat all his words from last year about people's time being over. And then it's Kawhi. Because Kawhi choked in game other. seven, you know. Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi choked in game seven. And six. And game six and game seven. And then... <laughs> And then all this story come about, like the Uncle Dennis stuff, the recruitment, the fact that Lou Will, Pat, and Montrez didn't really get along with them because they thought that they should get favorable treatment. It was all great. It was all Gucci to me. Loved it. Loved yeah, every second of it. Clipper, sand, Clipper slander, the Clipper pack, did the Laker fans smoke after every Clipper story is just... I don't know if there's a better basketball experience than that. Maybe, you know what I think this is? This is the feeling I have about the Clippers is how people who hate LeBron feel whenever LeBron loses. After that Mavericks loss? Yeah. Because I think, despite all of the Warriors' losses, you still know the Warriors just had better teams. But it's the Mavericks one that they really love the most. Like, that's the, because that's like right when the Heat was formed. That's, that was orgasmic to them. Like, ain't no Mm -hmm. getting over that. Like, that's still always the one. But, the Clippers, I, like, you could just, I don't know, but I was, 
I was calling it early, early on during the season. And I was like, I don't think Kawhi like these dudes. And I, it's just the energy, the energy that Pat Beverly was giving off as a leader. Like that's clearly the dude talking the most shit and getting you in the most trouble, but that's the one who can't fight. Like, like that's the one who getting you in all these situations that you got to dig the crew out of. Nobody likes that dude. Eventually you want that dude to stay home. Cause I ain't about, I ain't about that life right now. And if you could be doing this, I need you to bring more than 6.4 points to the table. Like, I don't even know, like, that's if what that's what his average is, but it's, he seemed like a 6.4 points per game kind of nigga. And then, yeah, it, it was absolutely a divide between, because remember what they did in the playoffs when they had, like, that 20-point comeback against the Warriors? That was him, Lou Will, and Trez. Like, Lou Will and Trez was, they was the benchmark. That was the lineup that carried the team. Like, that, the identity was different. And then the superstars come and things change and then they I think that was probably the first time in their careers when they realized all of us ain't playing by the same rules because think about it Pat Beverly was bouncing around his whole career it was whatever to him Lou Wills was Lou Will been a journeyman just winning six months and and going to Magic City and Trez just got here a minute ago so and is on the Lakers now that's yeah they didn't experience this before so Good luck. Good luck to the Clippers. I, good, I'm, I mean, not, I'm, I'm not buying into them. Good luck to like Paul George. Hey, you know what? Bam, you was talking about George Hill earlier. That's where George Hill should go. George Hill should be a Los Angeles Clipper. He Did you know they had Batum? He's like, friends with George, with George Paul. With Paul George, a.k.a. Frank Lopez, a.k.a. Miguel Munnings. That works. The Clippers are also the team where anybody could pop up and be on that roster and you kind of like not surprised by it. Like, I, cause I felt that way last year with, uh, like with Noah, like when Joakim Noah went there. And then I was also confused that Reggie Jackson went back. Cause I was like, bro, he wasn't even playing you when there was nothing left to lose. Like, yeah. I believe you, re- you resigned and they get yelled at. You was just there doing, doing nothing. And Shamit's not there anymore. Right. So no. I guess he figured that he, I figured he figures that he's gonna get Shamit's minute. I I hope so because listen, everybody that wait, where's Shamit over the Lakers? I can't you sure Shamit in there? Okay. No, I, I remember checking. I remember seeing him on a box score for someone else. It sounded like OKC. Right sounded like a random no, he's, team. He's, no, he's in Brooklyn. Uh, in oh shit. <sighs> Anyway, this is my be this might turn into a Brooklyn Nets podcast by the end of the season. No, listen, and, that, that, that is the t- outside of the Lakers. Like, I, I yeah, I want the Lakers to repeat, and outside of Buddy and Aiton being better, the number one thing I want to see is how this Nets thing is going to play out, bro. Like for many and, reasons, on and, and off the court. Let's talk about the the third and the last Western Conference contender, and that is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Jamal Murray is going to improve and take a step up because I think that what we don't take account uh, for in the NBA is when people get that confidence boost because Jamal Murray signed a max contract and was playing for the Nuggets, right? And, but now he has the confidence boost of, I did this in the playoffs and I was going up against big dogs and that will improve him by a lot. And then I think the fact that uh, Michael Porter Jr. gets to see that is invaluable and to me if michael That's, porter jr makes a real jump i don't uh, now i think the top five teams in the western conference are the lakers the clippers the nuggets the mavericks and the suns and i think those um the 
Nuggets, Mavericks, and Suns can all beat and take out the Clippers, and I think they lose to the Lakers. But I think that's very important because all that means is if you can do that, you're one injury away. If you can be yeah. in that group and survive the first round and get to the conference finals, who the fuck knows what could happen? And you can win the championship. But so I think so an like, MPJ improvement is the wild card um, for the Western Conference and one, like one real contention. One hundred percent. If Jamal Murray stays as good as he was last year, which which is excellent, but if he does that on a more consistent, if you see bubble Jamal Murray on a more consistent yep. basis, yeah, that's great. The improvement in Michael Porter Jr. because he is legitimately supposed to be the next guy. Like he was drafted to be the next guy, not just a guy. And then people also uh, don't forget Will Barton didn't play in the bubble, and, mm-hmm. and I mean Will Barton is a huge part of this team. They're going to get bowl 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 sorry, more into this offense. And from draft night, I, you know how much I wanted the Heat to get. Yeah, Everybody yeah. that was passing on him, I was like, what are you doing? Even He's MPJ. Tall and, he, and he does everything. Now, when, when MPJ got drafted, hold on, I, but the, the, this is about to be like a, a low key. This is the only flex 10 YS could do. When MPJ got drafted, we were in the building. We were there. Yeah. And yeah, we, we were saying, were. we were saying at the time, I remember, I remember this, like I would still draft him fourth. I will still draft yeah. him three. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, he's, yeah, he was hurt then, but so what? Like, the upside on MPJ is is too much for you to pass up. And, and I also believed a lot of that back stuff was like, playing no college basketball. For what? For what? Why? <laughs> the big, biggest thing we saw is like, his best college highlight was when he was like, yo, look at him gals over there. That was it. I signed, that was, to, I signed that was to play greatest. in Missouri. Like, what y'all think I was going to do? Like, play for Missouri? And who's what's the name of the dude who um, came on and had all those turnovers in the bubble and then would come off? I mean, he'd be like, oh. wait, why are you playing him by Malone? <laughs> PJ Dozier. PJ. <laughs> he loves PJ Dozier. He could be getting no brand, bro, because Will Barton could be back. Uh, oh, they got, they got, uh, R- they drafted RJ Hampton, who I think is going to be good. RJ Hampton was going to be elite, and more people would have known his name if he did not choose to go overseas instead of playing college basketball. So they're, they're trying to fill that, that spot. They're trying to fill that spot and, and get some depth off the bench because Gary Harris starting at two guard wasn't giving them what they needed. And I understand Will Barton wasn't there, but they need something outside of Murray and Jokic. And there were mm-hmm. times when Mike Malone wasn't going with MPJ, whether it was, whether it was for defensive reasons or... <laughs> <laughs> or because he just thinks a lot of himself on the offensive end. But, oh, one quote that he had, uh, what the big story from him in the bubble last year is why I have so much confidence in him this year, because as great as his all-star players, Jokic and Murray are, Michael Porter Jr. was saying, well, we need to share the ball more. Like, I feel like the ball, that's him saying the ball should be in my hands more. Like, it can't just be Murray and Jokic making all these decisions. I need to be a part of the scoring in this offense too. But I like I like the team that the Nuggets are building. I, I like them being in, in that mix and you gotta consider them there. Now the Suns, the Suns at, at four, you know how I feel about the Suns. The Suns is my team. Number one in my heart. I feel like if Chris Paul got if he turned Tyson Chandler and DeAndre Jordan into all stars, then it's going to be that much easier to do it with DeAndre Ayton because he was a double-double player before Chris Paul. He was a double-double player 
when he had no point guard. So what is he going to be when he has when he has Chris Paul in the backcourt with him, which makes it so much easier for Devin Booker, which makes it so much easier for shooters around them. I, I 100% believe this is a playoff team. This is a team that was right on the cusp, all in with the Suns. Like I, I am just interested in in wearing all of my Suns gear, and I'm going to get more of it because I just want to see a Bahamian player play meaningful basketball games. And Chris Paul is already rowing him, so that's a great sign. That's a great sign, and I can't believe Bahamians aren't all in on Valley Boy jerseys. Uh, they like Buddy better. Like I, I, under, I understand it, but they like Buddy better, and you know they like Buddy better. I like, know they like Buddy better. Like, it is, what are we doing? Like, I, I, and I think that that's part of. Um, I, I think it's Buddy's personality that lends himself more so to like Bahamian culture, and that is completely okay. But the Suns team is going to be in the playoffs. And I believe in Chris Paul. I, and when I say I believe in Chris Paul, I mean I believe in Chris Paul playing 56 out of 72 games and still getting them in the playoffs. Not playing Which the whole... Which is what he should do. And I, I, think this is, I think that's what he plans to do. I think that's, yeah. why, I think that's why they brought back Cameron Payne because he, had, he played so great in the bubble and then they also mm-hmm. kept, kept Javon Carter. Are you you putting the Suns over over Utah? You think uh you you think um Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert don't patch it up? I I put the Suns over the COVID twins. Yes, I yeah. this is this is my thing, and I know that um I don't, part, I don't like Utah. Part of why I could be doing this is because like we've seen Utah so much, and we've seen them exit in the first round so much, and not get past that hump. And yeah, Donovan Mitchell went toe to toe with. Jamal Murray in that first round, but you go in and your matchup is unfavorable, then what happens? Because Utah, to me, is now looking at um, a top four in the West of Lakers, Clippers, um, Nuggets, Mavericks. I wish the Mavs did more, though. I really wish the Mavs did more. I don't, I don't think the team as presently constructed is, is good enough. Yeah, but they have Luka. And I think, like, to me, if you have Luka Doncic as the main person on your team who can um, – he's an MVP contender. He has Chris Stapps coming back healthy. They have Richardson on the team. And like I said, when I um, brought up the Giannis point, uh, Giannis point <laughs> is we don't account a lot in team's improvement for when the young players get better. And when we have young MVP-like talent getting better, and I was like, oh, how much better can he get? The answer for Luka and the answer for Giannis and the answer for Jamal Murray and even someone like Jason Tatum, I think, is a lot. And it's about how much they want um, to improve. Because when this new crop of NBA players came into the league, the thing was these guys see him so much more mature than um, what, how players in the 90s or even early 2000s um, came into the league. So now if you take that, that they are more mature and that they will take basketball more seriously and they're going to play harder, they're going to train harder. The, I think like the progression that we see in a lot of these players in the next few years is going to be leaps and bounds before where they see it. Now, does that mean they get to the level of like a LeBron or James Harden? No, that's not necessarily it because that's like rarefied air. But I think that they improve a lot. And I think that Luca's improvement will be enough to get the Mavericks to that four to five 
uh, well, three to five range and fighting for it. And you, we all know, like when you look at the standings towards the end of the year and you see how tightly packed the West is, and it's about how many games you win in those last two weeks that determines your seeding. So when we say a West team is three over six, that's not by that many games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think Luca is in that in that rarefied air. Like, he's he's going to be an an MVP caliber player. Like, he's going to be somebody that can play with a less talented lineup and and drag them along and and get to get to some places where they probably shouldn't be. By me saying I wish they did more, all I really mean by that is I wish they got Buddy. That's so. I really just wanted him to either go there or or go to Philly. That was that was my whole thing. Just because I wanted him to play meaningful games, and I feel like those are the two two good spots. Well, oh, they must be got to see him if the Kings want Richardson. Yeah, that no, it's not. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's that's not happen. I, I I don't know. And like, I don't even have the Kings on this list. Um, Why I, would I'll you? Be, I'll be honest with you, but and I don't even have them on the list of teams to pick off from. Because, like we discussed before the podcast, the teams I believe that can improve all the contenders and to pick off from are the Spurs, Mavericks, Mavericks, Pacers, OKC, and Cavs. Like th- their players are available, and you can get anyone on their on those rosters. I think the other rosters, like people are trying to make the playoffs, whether it be as like an eight seed or just to get in there. But um, Memphis, yeah, Memphis, and yeah, yeah. Golden I- State. I don't think you're picking off any of those players. So not trading away good players from those teams to no, make no, your no, team no. better. And, and that's what I mean. Oh, sorry. Like the last, the last one we should probably discuss, I think, is the Warriors. Zion them? Oh. I'm happy to have Steph back. I'm happy to have Steph yeah. back. I, 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 think the, I think the Warriors, you all get a solid seven or a solid eight seed. If you do, if they do better than that, that means Steph having an MVP like season to me. The the clay injury to me was easily the worst part of yeah. this NBA offseason. Like that was and, and that's what has me apprehensive and, and afraid for KD because I was like, shit. Like you, you want to you want to see them at full strength. Like even people that were anti Warriors during the during the run. You didn't even want to see them go out like that against the Raptors. You wanted to see somebody yeah. have to take the champ out. And they didn't take them out because Clay was on his way to winning that game six, you know what I mean, before he got hurt. And I wanted to see – and the minute you saw how it was shaping up, I was like immediately, okay, they're getting Wiseman. Like I've been saying they was getting Wiseman for months. For, yeah, for months, for a year. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, this is lining up perfectly for them to get the one thing that – you don't want to trot out Pascal and whoever else. And Looney playing center those days are done. Like you See, get Looney talk when he improved his three point shot. Yeah, like, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. He did. Okay, so now you do it, not when you were on the championship run when it was supremely useful at that point. Now you're doing it. So it makes yeah. no sense, man. But I mean, I'm. This is this year is going to be about James Wiseman, I think. Yeah. And so you get to see what you get to see what you get from <laughs> it's about Wiseman and, and Steph Curry. The, <laughs> no, not even but we know what Steph Curry is though. We know what Steph Curry is. Steph Curry's not going to get better at this point. We know what Steph Curry is. It's about people helping Steph Curry to get back to the level of where this team was. And for mm-hmm. that to happen, we got the Kirk Cousins of the NBA, Andrew Wiggins, 
Because the same thing you say every week about or every season about Kirk Cousins, it's the same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Dog. You could you could just change the name and change the names of the teams and be having the same conversation. Hey, remember all that talk I was talking about, like young players are proven um, <laughs> with Giannis and Jamal Murray I and right. Jason Tatum. I wasn't meaning Wiggins. I don't count Wiggins <laughs> in that conversation. Because those, those are all-stars who led their team to playoffs. Wiggins ain't is he still in the young player conversation? He's no, like he on is. His second contract now, right? No, I, I think he is. I think he is, but I still don't include him in that conversation with them. He's not. He's not that guy. He's not that well, guy. The, I don't know they, how. Listen, they got Kelly Oubre, who's not good. really a great shooter, but I guess he's going to do the other things that people yeah. who don't shoot well. Do. He's dunk hot. <laughs> yeah, and he he defends well. I. I it, it, to me is is Andrew Wiggins and and Wiseman, like if Andrew Wiggins and Wiseman are great, then yes, this team can. Wow, life comes full circle. So now they they'll be that number eight seed again, and then they'll have that game against the number one seed, like how they did against the Spurs at the beginning the of the run. Dangerous thing, like, the most dangerous thing is Steph Curry in a deciding game, because what you could do. Imagine, wait, now, nah, okay, Make picture him this. Make the ball, Andrew Wiggins. Now, nah, picture this, though. Patrick Beverly trying to, like, defend her as <laughs> That's what you want. Steph Curry. You want them to be the seven seed and I play the Clippers. I want them to seven and play the Clippers. That's, that's yes. honestly, that's what I want. Or be yeah. the eight seed no. and play the Clippers as number one. That's, that, to me, that's the perfect story. It's very important that the Clippers have a difficult matchup in round one. And with, so with I the want Warriors them to play. In the second round, of course. But can they take I the want them, I want them to get. I want them to get the Suns or the Warriors. Yes, yes. Because the, the Mavs ain't going to be that bad. But the Suns yeah. or the Warriors at eight or seven, yes, I want that. To yeah. scare the living shit out of and possibly beat the Clippers. And let's be honest, Dan Lillard should not have to take out um, Paul George again. He's done it before. And Pat Bev, he's he done it. I feel like you, like in Iron Man, you can rest now. Let someone else destroy the Clippers. <laughs> My favorite thing is how he ain't even letting that go. It's <laughs> just... Hey, Lillard is a real nigga, dog. Like, if it's yeah. one thing you can say about him, his authenticity, like, it, there's no cap in that. Like, he is 100% real. It's been months since Paul George has said anything to this man. He saw that Paul George story pop up, and he was just like, cap. He don't mean it. He don't mean it. This man literally has not... Paul George has not uttered his name in months. Paul George come out and say, I have depression, all kind of shit going on Wait, in my life. Hold on, man. He said everything. Wait, just chose one. No, honestly, if Paul George had just chosen one thing, like if he, I think if he had just gone like the mental health route and not said yeah. any other shit, people would have been like, you know what? Like, Paul George, I get it. But you can't say it's the mental health thing and then talk for him saying, use you right. And then, like... <laughs> and no, then the bro. chemistry of the team, all of it? You mean all of it, Paul? Bro, but I see someone say, yeah, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan had mental health issues too, but none of them shot the ball off the side of the backboard. <laughs> Kevin Love was out here defending Steph Curry in game seven of NBA Finals. But isolated one-on-one. Rewatching that, that was amazing, you know. Like, I still can't believe Steph ain't scoring that play or get a clean Steph, look on Steph that play. Steph should drive. Steph should have yeah, he should, he should have. He if, should he, have. if he doesn't win a next championship, that'll be the thing that haunts him forever. Like, he, I, like I should have drive on Kevin Love instead of like... But, I mean, it worked out bad in history, though, because he needed LeBron to have that one. Yeah, boy. You needed him to have that one. In particular, like that say, one. When five is complete. Yeah. 
When when LeBron gets that one five. is that one is that one is weighted too though. Yeah, like, hold on, hold on. Let, let's weighted. let's talk about this. Like, hey, let's say the let's say the Nets get to the finals and they play the Lakers, and right. then you know what happened? LeBron and Anthony Davis could guard Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant only could defend one of them. And if his defense slip a little bit, how good a defense he could put on any? And we we talking about LeBron James is still on his current cycle, <laughs> on that Savannah pack. So at that point, Kyrie how- Irving has to then um, play so good that he can elevate the Nets above the Lakers. And I don't think that that's going to happen. While I don't think that the Lakers have anyone to guard Kyrie Irving right now, um, nah, I just uh, who. Uh, I mean, not not guard him, but black German black German could get in his way. <laughs> this, get in his way is one of them NBA arguments. But I mean, yeah, no, no, no. You know what get in his way is? Get in his way. Get in his way is work in the regular season. When like that Jamal Murray Donovan Mitchell time comes around, all them get in your way people do, do, they don't get in the way. Bro, get in your way is literally what defense is. Like, no, 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 no. Stop it, stop it. Because you know how long for, like, LeBron, people would be like, all you got to do is make him work. <laughs> yeah. Remember Andre Iguodala, MVP Finals MVP, and LeBron yeah. average, like, 38, 10, and 10. He's like, but he make him work, though. <laughs> how many How many of those possessions, who, were they, who was it against? Was it in the no, finals? Where, I can't believe you're trying to argue short again. No, Kyrie like, oh, no, hold on. Because Rondo couldn't play great. He can't play great defense for prolonged stretches anymore at this point in his career, right? But how many times was Rondo doing that great defense thing periodically where he was getting in the way or he was poking the ball here and there? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you play no, 2K no, my career, no, and you see what Dennis no, Schroeder turns no, into. He's no, a menace for a long no. time. Rondo was getting in the way of like who was playing point guard for the Heat. He was not getting in the way of like putting Kyrie Irving level player. Like remember, hold on, think back to when the Lakers was playing the Nuggets, right? And then Jamal Murray would just drive to the lane and score on some layup, and all of us would be watching and be like, damn, like ain't no one really could stop him. So, like, imagine if Jamal Murray then had Kevin Durant sitting in the corner, or Karis LeVert, or like some better players around him. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, the championship comes down to that. Yeah, yeah. And if the course. Lakers are able to to overcome the Nets and LeBron gets five, the Jordan people are in trouble because the Jordan people ain't gonna be loud enough no more. Then the LeBron people could be much louder. I actually think I actually think um, LeBron retooled the Lakers with the Nets in mind. Like I don't think he was doing this off air. I think is if we can sit there and we know how close KD is to him, and he sees that roster. This man is a student of the game. He saw that Nets roster. You see how good that is on paper, and they kept the whole thing together with those dudes coming back. He saw that, so he knew they had to get better. Because there were many times in the playoffs, we didn't even know where the third scorer was going to come from. We didn't know who it was going to be. Like, thank God KCP emerged. But how many times did Rondo have to save them? And Rondo, who was he? Who wasn't even there at the beginning of the bubble? Like, if that didn't happen, this championship may not happen. So clearly, they needed to upgrade, and upgrading across the board was the only way to match the Nets. I do think that's what the finals is going to be if everyone is healthy and 
it it has the possibility of being one of one of probably the best finals we've seen since the three one comeback. I think I think it'll be epic because this, the storylines around it is so amazing. Kyrie saying that bitch ass shit about he fi- mm-hmm. he's finally playing with someone who can take the last shot. Like him just watching him and KD implode whenever anything is going wrong is going to be something special just to watch. I can't wait for the Heat to play the Nets. And for the Nets to win the first game in a blowout, and then for me to say, I mean, for the Heat to win in five, the Nets had to win one. <laughs> I can't wait for that moment because that is Harden, going to happen. Is Harden on the Heat? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. Right. You know why? Because the Houston Rockets will say, "This James Harden for fucking Tyler Hero." No, we are not doing that. Get out of here. But okay. I think Harden just may hate Tillman for Tito. I, okay. I have I have nothing else. I think it's time to wrap up the pod. Um, yeah, we good. But that is our NBA preview. This is I need a minute slash LR2P or whatever now one call this. Anyway, we posting this up. Y'all listen to this. I think for the year, there's maybe three more podcasts. But according to the beginning of this pod and now, now there's a podcast every single day of the week. So we'll yes, see. We'll see what that's like. <laughs> Everyone stay.